0: section 12 of the journey of coronado fifteen forty-fifteen forty-two, by pedro de castaneda translated by george parker winship this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by sue anderson the narrative of castaneda part three chapter four of how friar juan de padilla and friar luis remained in the country and the army prepared to return to mexico when the general francisco vasquez saw that everything was now quiet and that his schemes had gone as he wished he ordered that everything should be ready to start on the return to new spain by the beginning of the month of april in the year fifteen forty three seeing this friar juan de padilla a regular brother of the lesser order and another friar luis a lay brother told the general that they wanted to remain in that country friar juan de padilla in quivira because his teaching seemed to promise fruit there and friar luis at Sicuye. on this account as it was lent at the time the father made this the subject of his sermon to the companies one sunday establishing his proposition on the authority of the Holy Scriptures. He declared his zeal for the conversion of these peoples and his desire to draw them to the faith, and stated that he had received permission to do it, although this was not necessary. The general sent a company to escort them as far as Sicuye, where Friar Luis stopped, while Friar Juan went on back to Quivira With the guides who had conducted the general taking with him the portuguese as we related and the half-blood and the indians from new spain he was martyred a short time after he arrived there as we related in the second part chapter eight thus we may be sure that he died a martyr because his zeal was holy and earnest friar luis remained at sicuye Nothing more has been heard about him since, but before the army left Tiwesh, some men who went to take him a number of sheep that were left for him to keep, met him as he was on his way to visit some other villages, which were fifteen or twenty leagues from Sikuye, accompanied by some followers. He felt very hopeful that he was liked at the village, and that his teaching would bear fruit, although he complained that the old men were falling away from him. I, for my part, believe that he was a man of good and holy life. Our Lord will protect him and give him grace to convert many of those people and end his days in guiding them to the faith. We do not need to believe otherwise, for the people in those parts are pious and not at all cruel, and they remain faithful and loyal friends. After the friars had gone, the general, fearing that they might be injured if people were carried away from that country to New Spain, ordered the soldiers to let any of the natives who were held as servants go free to their villages whenever they might wish. In my opinion, though I am not sure, it would have been better if they had been kept and taught among Christians. The general was very happy and contented when the time arrived, AND EVERYTHING NEEDED FOR THE JOURNEY WAS READY, AND THE ARMY STARTED FROM TIWESH ON ITS WAY BACK TO CIBOLA. ONE THING OF NO SMALL NOTE HAPPENED DURING THIS PART OF THE TRIP. THE HORSES WERE IN GOOD CONDITION FOR THEIR WORK WHEN THEY STARTED, FAT AND SLEEK, BUT MORE THAN THIRTY DIED DURING THE TEN DAYS WHICH IT TOOK TO REACH CIBOLA, AND THERE WAS NOT A DAY IN WHICH TWO OR THREE OR MORE DID NOT DIE. A large number of them also died afterward before reaching Khan, a thing that did not happen during all the rest of the journey. After the army reached Cibola, it rested before starting across the wilderness, because this was the last of the settlements in that country. The whole country was left well disposed and at peace, and several of our Indian allies remained there chapter 5 of how the army left the settlements and marched to culiacan and of what happened on the way leaving astern as we might say the settlements that had been discovered in the new land of which as i have said the seven villages of sibula were the first to be seen and the last that were left the army started off marching across the wilderness The natives kept following the rear of the army for two or three days to pick up any baggage or servants for although they were still at peace and had always been loyal friends when they saw that we were going to leave the country entirely they were glad to get some of our people in their power although i do not think that they wanted to injure them from what i was told by some who were not willing to go back with them when they teased and asked them to altogether they carried off several people besides those who had remained of their own accord among whom good interpreters could be found to-day the wilderness was crossed without opposition and on the second day before reaching Chichilticale, juan gallego met the army as he was coming from new spain with reinforcements of men and necessary supplies for the army, expecting that he would find the army in the country of the Indian called Turk. When Juan Gallego saw that the army was returning, the first thing he said was not, I'm glad you are coming back, and he did not like it any better after he had talked with the general. After he had reached the army, or rather the quarters, there was quite a little movement among the gentlemen towards going back with the new force which had made no slight exertions in coming thus far having encounters every day with the indians of those regions who had risen in revolt as will be related. There was talk of making a settlement somewhere in that region until the viceroy could receive an account of what had occurred. Those soldiers who had come from the new lands would not agree to anything except the return to New Spain, so that nothing came of the proposals made at the consultations, and although there was some opposition, they were finally quieted. Several of the mutineers who had deserted the town of Corazones came with Juan Gallego, who had given them his word as surety for their safety. And even if the general had wanted to punish them, his power was slight for he had been disobeyed already and was not much respected he began to be afraid after this and made himself sick and kept a guard in several places yells were heard and indians seen and some of the horses were wounded and killed before batuco was reached where the friendly indians from corazones came to meet the army and see the general They were always friendly and had treated all the Spaniards who passed through their country well, furnishing them with what food they needed, and men if they needed these. Our men had always treated them well and repaid them for these things. During this journey, the juice of the quince was proved to be a good protection against the poison of the natives, because at one place, several days before reaching Sonora, The hostile Indians wounded a Spaniard called Mesa, and he did not die, although the wound of the fresh poison is fatal, and there was a delay of over two hours before curing him with the juice. The poison, however, had left its mark upon him. The skin rotted and fell off until it left the bones and sinews bare with a horrible smell. The wound was in the wrist and the poison had reached as far as the shoulder when he was cured the skin on all this fell off the army proceeded without taking any rest because the provisions had begun to fail by this time these districts were in rebellion and so there were not any victuals where the soldiers could get them until they reached petlatlan although they made several forays into the cross-country in search of provisions peklatlan is in the province of culiacan and on this account was at peace although they had several surprises after this the army rested here several days to get provisions after leaving here they were able to travel more quickly than before for the thirty leagues of the valley of culiacan where they were welcomed back again as people who came with their governor who had suffered ill-treatment chapter six of how the general started from Khan to give the viceroy an account of the army with which he had been entrusted it seemed indeed as if the arrival in the valley of Khan had ended the labors of this journey partly because the general was governor there and partly because it was inhabited by Christians. On this account, some began to disregard their superiors and the authority which their captains had over them, and some captains even forgot the obedience due to their general. Each one played his own game, so that while the general was marching toward the town, which was still 10 leagues away, many of the men, or most of them, left him in order to rest in the valley, and some even proposed not to follow him. The general understood that he was not strong enough to compel them, although his position as governor gave him fresh authority. He determined to accomplish it by a better method, which was to order all the captains to provide food and meat from the stores of several villages that were under his control as governor he pretended to be sick keeping his bed so that those who had any business with him could speak to him or he with them more freely without hindrance or observation and he kept sending for his particular friends in order to ask them to speak to the soldiers and encourage them to accompany him back to new spain and to tell them that he would request the governor don antonio de mendoza to show them especial favor and that he would do so himself for those who might wish to remain in his government after this had been done he started with his army at a very bad time when the rains were beginning for it was about st john's day at which season it rains continuously in the uninhabited country which they passed through as far as compostela there are numerous very dangerous rivers full of large and fierce alligators while the army was halting at one of these rivers a soldier who was crossing from one side to the other was seized in sight of everybody and carried off by an alligator without it being possible to help him the general proceeded leaving the men who did not want to follow him all the way and reached mexico with less than one hundred men he made his report to the viceroy don antonio de mendoza who did not receive him very graciously although he gave him his discharge his reputation was gone from this time on he kept the government of new galicia which had been entrusted to him for only a short time WHEN THE GOVERNOR TOOK IT HIMSELF UNTIL THE ARRIVAL OF THE COURT, OR AUDIENCIA, WHICH STILL GOVERNS IT. AND THIS WAS THE END OF THOSE DISCOVERIES AND OF THE EXPEDITION WHICH WAS MADE TO THESE NEW LANDS. IT NOW REMAINS FOR US TO DESCRIBE THE WAY IN WHICH TO ENTER THE COUNTRY BY A MORE DIRECT ROUTE, ALTHOUGH THERE IS NEVER A SHORTCUT WITHOUT HARD WORK it is always best to find out what those know who have prepared the way, who know what will be needed. This can be found elsewhere, and I will now tell where Kivira lies, what direction the army took, and the direction in which greater India lies, which was what they pretended to be in search of when the army started thither. Today, since via lobos has discovered that this part of the coast of the south sea trends toward the west it is clearly seen and acknowledged that since we were in the north we ought to have turned to the west instead of toward the east as we did with this we will leave this subject and will proceed to finish this treatise since there are several noteworthy things of which i must give an account which i have left to be treated more extensively in the two following chapters chapter seven of the adventures of captain juan gallego while he was bringing reinforcements through the revolted country one might well have complained when in the last chapter i passed in silence over the exploits of captain juan gallego with his twenty companions I will relate them in the present chapter so that in times to come those who read about it or tell of it may have a reliable authority on whom to rely i am not writing fables like some of the things which we read about nowadays in the books of chivalry if it were not that those stories contained enchantments there are some things which our spaniards have done in our day in these parts in their conquests and encounters with the indians which for deeds worthy of admiration surpass not only the books already mentioned but also those which have been written about the twelve peers of france because if the deadly strength which the authors of those times attributed to their heroes and the brilliant and resplendent arms with which they adorned them are fully considered and compared with the small stature of the men of our time and the few and poor weapons which they have in these parts the remarkable things which our people have undertaken and accomplished with such weapons are more to be wondered at today than those of which the ancients write and just because too they fought with barbarous naked people as ours have with indians among whom there are always men who are brave and valiant and very sure bowmen for we have seen them pierce the wings while flying and hit hares while running after them i have said all this in order to show that some things which we consider fables may be true because we see greater things every day in our own times just as in future times people will greatly wonder at the deeds of don fernando cortez who dared to go into the midst of new spain with three hundred men against the vast number of people in mexico and who with five hundred spaniards succeeded in subduing it and made himself lord over it in two years the deeds of don pedro de alvarado in the conquest of guatemala and those of Montejo in Tabasco, the conquests of the mainland and of Peru, were all such as to make me remain silent concerning what I now wish to relate. But since I have promised to give an account of what happened on this journey, I want the things I am now going to relate to be known as well as those others of which I have spoken. The Captain Juan Gallego, then, reached the town of Culiacan with a very small force. There he collected as many as he could of those who had escaped from the town of Hearts, or more correctly from Suya, which made in all twenty-two men. And with these he marched through all of the settled country, across which he traveled two hundred leagues with the country in a state of war and the people in rebellion, although they had formerly been friendly toward the Spaniards, having encounters with the enemy almost every day. He always marched with the advance guard, leaving two-thirds of his force behind with the baggage. With six or seven Spaniards, and without any of the Indian allies whom he had with him, he forced his way into their villages, killing and destroying and setting them on fire coming upon the enemy so suddenly and with such quickness and boldness that they did not have a chance to collect or even to do anything at all until they became so afraid of him that there was not a town which dared wait for him but they fled before him as from a powerful army so much so that for ten days while he was passing through the settlements they did not have an hour's rest he did all this with his seven companions so that when the rest of the force came up with the baggage there was nothing for them to do except to pillage since the others had already killed and captured all the people they could lay their hands on and the rest had fled they did not pause anywhere so that although the villages ahead of them received some warning THEY WERE UPON THEM SO QUICKLY THAT THEY DID NOT HAVE A CHANCE TO COLLECT, ESPECIALLY IN THE REGION WHERE THE TOWN OF Hearts HAD BEEN, HE KILLED AND HUNG A LARGE NUMBER OF PEOPLE TO PUNISH THEM FOR THEIR REBELLION. HE DID NOT LOSE A COMPANION DURING ALL THIS, NOR WAS ANYONE WOUNDED, EXCEPT ONE SOLDIER WHO WAS WOUNDED IN THE eyelid BY AN INDIAN WHO WAS ALMOST DEAD, WHOM HE WAS STRIPPING the weapon broke the skin and as it was poisoned he would have had to die if he had not been saved by the quince juice he lost his eye as it was these deeds of theirs were such that i know those people will remember them as long as they live and especially four or five friendly indians who went with them from corazones who thought that they were so wonderful THAT THEY HELD THEM TO BE SOMETHING DIVINE RATHER THAN HUMAN. IF HE HAD NOT FALLEN IN WITH OUR ARMY AS HE DID, THEY WOULD HAVE REACHED THE COUNTRY OF THE INDIAN CALLED TURK, WHICH THEY EXPECTED TO MARCH TO, AND THEY WOULD HAVE ARRIVED THERE WITHOUT DANGER ON ACCOUNT OF THEIR GOOD ORDER AND THE SKILL WITH WHICH HE WAS LEADING THEM, AND THEIR KNOWLEDGE AND AMPLE PRACTICE IN WAR several of these men are still in this town of Culiacan, where I am now writing this account and narrative, where they, as well as I and the others who have remained in this province, have never lacked for labor in keeping this country quiet, in capturing rebels, and increasing in poverty and need, and more than ever at the present hour, because the country is poorer and more in debt than ever before. End of chapter 7 and section 12